Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. That's it. No more faffing about with funny names or trying to think of something smart. It's the Leading the Line podcast. Um, I'm your host, Chris Marshall. And joining me, as always, for this week's Scottish Women's Football Show is uh, Mr. Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell? I know bad, Chris. Thank you. You love a, a wee delayed reply trying to catch me out and thinking you, you've gone and dropped off, but he hasn't. He's still here, uh, which is excellent because we've got, obviously, as always, lots of Scottish women's football to talk about. Um, Scottish Cup weekend last weekend, uh, so myself and Campbell were at a couple of games. So we're going to start there and then we're going to talk over the draw that's happened today. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday night uh, this week, uh, so we do know what the draw is. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, then we'll cover the action SWPL2 at the weekend because there's a couple of important games there. And then we'll look ahead to this weekend. Um, obviously, we've got the league back and a couple of games that are quite important and one that's going to be on the telly as well. But Campbell, Scottish Cup quarterfinal weekend. Um, big game of the weekend with Celtic against Glasgow City. There was a preview up on the Leading the Line website. Expect me to punt that more and more as we talk over this podcast. Um, but you were actually at K Park for Celtic against Glasgow City. Um, 2 Glasgow City. I'll let you talk through it and then I'll, I'll fire a couple more questions at you. Yeah, um, obviously Glasgow City had been in Russia, as I'm sure we'll get to later on. So there was part of me, as you've heard in the podcast, obviously before, I had a slight feeling that Celtic could cause them some problems. But um, to be perfectly honest, Celtic were pretty disappointing um, on Sunday and City were the better team in the Zever. They won the game 2-0. Um, they had the, I mean, the, the first 10 minutes of the game were pretty very action-packed. Really. I mean, Celtic had a chance the first minute. Sarah Ewan flashed the ball across the box. No takers there, and then City kind of took a bit of control from that point on. Clear Shine went close, Hill Lauder went close. Um, when the events did take the lead just after the half hour mark, um, it's a fantastic goal from Leanne Ross. I'm sure you'll have seen it by now. If not, go and have a look at Glasgow City's Twitter. Um, it was a free kick from about 25 yards out, over the wall, in off the other side of the bat. It was very aesthetically pleasing as well, and just a great goal in general. And then in the second half, Casty Hewitt scored an equally as impressive goal as well. Um, Rachel McLaughlin played the ball through and how it's a touch before sort of hitting the ball early, which kind of caught out Maiden Cunningham in the Celtic goal and it flew past her and in the net. Um, it could have been more Celtic, as I say, they were a wee bit disappointing. They looked slightly nervous. Um, speaking to David Haley as well after the game, Celtic assistant coach, he was thinking that too. They just there was just something about them. As if they were possibly were nervous actually that this was probably their best chance to beat Glasgow City. Obviously, Celtic have been in great form the last few weeks and City, as I say, coming back from a long, long trip to Moscow, but City were very professional and deservedly won the game in the end. Yeah, I mean, I watched the highlights as well, Campbell, and my big takeaway from watching the highlights, um, I was somewhere else on, on Sunday, which we'll get to, um, but my big takeaway from the highlights, it very much did look like Glasgow City pretty much dominated the game, almost from the off it, and that, that's certainly how the, the highlights were depicted both through City and uh, the Scottish Women's Football uh, video deeds. But, um, yeah, it was a big crowd there at uh, uh, K Park on Sunday. I think I think you said it was over 350. Not massive, massive amount off of what was the smallest crowd at WSL this weekend. Um, I know that's a bit of a weird comparison to make, but when we talk about Scottish women's football, it is a growing game. And actually, the last few weeks has been some decent crowds. But you mentioned after speaking to to David Dealey um, after the game, um, and Eddie Wilkie Black wasn't present. I, I I don't know if anything's going on. Hopefully, everything's okay with him health wise, but. Do you think that might have disorientated Celtic a bit going into the game? I mean, I'm not really sure. I think the players themselves have been, have been in great form the last few weeks and have known how big a game it was. I don't really think whether Eddie was there or not would have made too much of a difference. But it could have been a bit strange. It was strange for some of us. I mean, even the Glasgow City media thought that I was speaking to, most people were really kind of expecting them to be there. So there was no real word and there's still been no word 
about Eddie's whereabouts. But um, no, I wouldn't say that really had too much of an impact on the performance. I just think Celtic, as if they, they just sort of get caught under the pressure of not being favourites, but this probably being their best chance to beat Glasgow City. And in the end, they were pretty much disappointing, really. But I don't think you can blame that on the manager not being there. Yeah, I mean, you did tip Celtic, let's be honest, Campbell. Um, and that, to be honest, uh, this this seemed like their best chance of maybe beating City. You've already mentioned that they they travelled over to Russia on Thursday, and I'm sorry, on Wednesday. Uh, so Tuesday night, game was on Wednesday. They were back on Thursday, uh, and uh, they they had to have much recovery time, a very quick turnover. But it goes to show exactly how how professional Glasgow City won. I think that was my other takeaway is as much as you could say that Celtic maybe didn't rise to the occasion, it just goes to again to show how good Glasgow City are. Um, what what does this mean for Celtic season now though, Campbell? Because obviously they're out of the cup, um, they aren't going to catch Glasgow City in the league, and second place, which we'll probably talk about a little bit longer, is still up in the air in terms of what that actually means. Um, it feels like after the start of positivity and obviously all the noise about potentially going semi-pro, professional, offering contracts, it feels like Celtic season's petering out a little bit. I get that feeling for a fair few of the teams, to be honest. I mean. There's only really two that look like they're going to be fighting off relegation. And then Glasgow City are obviously going to win the league now. So, I mean, it leaves a few teams sort of in limbo. Obviously, Celtic and Hibs, they're only really... The main aim has to be now... Well, Celtic in particular, sorry. The main aim has to be to finish as at the table as they can. Um, obviously, Hibs have still got the cup to focus on as we'll get to their game. But Celtic now been able to focus solely on the league may put slightly more emphasis on that and try and just finish second. As you say, the Champions League, we don't know whether second will be enough. Um, for a second place at the minute but I mean there isn't really much else for them obviously City have put them out of both cups and it just leaves them trying to uh, hold on to what they currently have the second place in the league and just that has to be the main aim I suppose really Yeah I mean that that is that is the aim for them now second place um, they have a big game in the, uh, this weekend uh, that we'll talk about as well later on but you mentioned Hibs and they are through to the semi-finals as well I was at Ainsley Park on Sunday to see them take on top of the table or well, top of SWPL2 table Hamilton Ackies um, Hibs won 3-0 they were quite sloppy though to be honest with you Campbell um, they started I mean the first thing I would say is Hamilton played really well um, Hibs obviously played Hearts in the last round and um, beat them quite comprehensively 7-1 this game wasn't like that. Um, Hamilton were very well organised. Um, they were kind of trying to absorb the pressure as much as they could and, and playing on the counter. They had uh, MT Gardner, Dion Brown up top, and Chloe Muir started to. I've the, the times I've seen, I've been very impressed with, and I think she's she's definitely one to keep a wee eye on going forward. But uh, they got a goal early. Uh, a couple of players came in, Lauren Davison and Siobhan Higgins, who haven't been starting regularly or even getting game time regularly. Uh, they started, and Lauren Davison put the ball across for Amy Gallagher, and she she tapped it in. But I was a bit, I was a bit underwhelmed by Hibs, and I've said a few times in this, I really like watching Hibs. I think I like the way that they play, and I like the way they move the ball and move other teams around. But Hamilton were very much up to the task. Half time one nil, um, but then Campbell Siobhan Hunter. Um, the I was trying to think of like a, a, an alliteration that rhymed with Ramos. It was Edinburgh based, and I couldn't think of one. So I'm just going to say Siobhan Hunter has now scored another two goals. Um, she the first one was a bit of a scramble. The second one was a penalty, which I, I didn't quite see what happened. And nobody seems to be entirely sure. Uh, I was beside the referee assessor actually on Sunday and I don't think he caught it either, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so that put it 3-0 up and then kind of from there, both sides rang the changes. Hamilton getting fresh legs on. Uh, Hibs brought on Ailey Adams and Abby McDonald for their competitive debuts. But after the game, Grant Scott wasn't... I, I think it's probably the first time we spoke to him he's not been super happy with his side. I think he felt like he gave some opportunities out and they, and they weren't taken by, by some players. Uh, but they did get the job done, 3-0. 
Hibbs' remarkable cut run continues, Campbell. Um, and I think it's probably worth saying, I know that some of the highlights, I don't know if you've seen the highlights from Hamilton yet, but for Hamilton, a 3-0 defeat to Hibbs, that's not the end of the world by any means. No, certainly not. I mean, obviously Hamilton having a great season um, in SWPL too and still very much, it seems a two-horse title between themselves and Hearts, but it'd been good for them to sort of get a distraction from the league this weekend. And um, as you say, they've played fairly well against a Hibs side that from listening to yourself and Grant Scott and everyone else at the game, they were pretty under par. Whether that's sent to do with obviously playing on, on Wednesday night in the Champions League, we don't know. But Hamilton will be I'm relatively pleased about that. And as much as obviously it's disappointing to go out, they know now that their main focus again is going to be on the league. So they'll be happy. They've shown that they can maybe not compete with the highest yet, but they can certainly put on a performance against some of the bigger teams. But and it's, it's back to league focus for them obviously next week. And that will be their main aim for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to Grant, I spoke to Gary Doctor, the, the Hamilton co- head coach, after the game as well, and he he basically said that he was very happy with the performance. He thought that they kind of did what they set out to do. He would have liked them to create some more chances. I think that was probably the only thing I would say is that maybe they didn't get that that one or two chances. They had a kind of half header in at the start of the second half when Chloe Muir got some space in the wing and, and Danny Conley could only put it back across the goal. But I think. We've talked about the gap between some of the, the levels and how Glasgow City and Hibs in particular are that little level above. So there's a lot of heart to be taken from that. But yeah, it's, it's very much back to league action for Hamilton. As it is for Aberdeen, um, they had knocked out Kilmarnock and Spartans en route to the quarterfinals. They hosted Rangers up at the Aberdeen Sports Village. Um, it was a 1-0 win for Rangers Campbell. Uh, Claire Gemmel with a penalty after 12 minutes. But reading the, the kind of match report and also some of the feedback from the coaches and uh, a couple of people that were covering the game on Sunday up in Dundee um, Dundee, up in Aberdeen that's a completely different place um, up in Aberdeen, it sounds like Rangers were certainly pushed to the limit Yeah, I mean Aberdeen obviously as we say are flying high at the top of SWFL 1 North um, but in the Cup they've obviously well, they've been the sort of headline makers this season beating the two SWPL sides uh, in Kilmarnock and Spartan as you mentioned there so it was always going to be another step up against Rangers, but um, they'll be very proud of themselves as well, only losing by the one goal. Obviously, as you say, it's a penalty as well, especially when they go down pretty early on like that. You could maybe fear for them and think the higher league side are going to go and score another few goals. But yeah, 1-0, I mean, it's just saying that it looked like a fairly even game. Rangers have obviously got a slightly, bit, uh, slightly more experience, sorry, but yeah, it's a, very, a lot of heart for Aberdeen to take in that game as they try to get obviously promotion up to SWPL2 again after the last season's relegation, but it's it's good to see that there are teams down there that certainly, if they can come up, definitely will compete to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as I said, the, the, the couple of times I've watched highlights of Aberdeen and, and seen their youth sides, they definitely seem like a club in the up. I am, and Mark Gordon, who I think was covering it for Scottish Women's Football at the weekend, um, his tweet certainly suggested that they, they were more than in the game as well. So, um, for me, it's a good thing to see. The more competitive that Scottish women's football gets, the better. I think you see that just now with the, the WSL and some of the coverage down there. Um, so competitive games is all the best. And in the last quarterfinal of the weekend, it was Motherwell 5, Queen's Park. Now, b- before we get to the game, Campbell, I need to have a little moan. Um, now, I know this is getting fixed, uh, but the, the promotion of Motherwell's game was really poor. They use a split, like a, a kind of shared social media platform. So, Motherwell women's team uses the same Twitter handle, and I'm only basing this on Twitter, let's be clear, but it's the same across all social media platforms um, as the men's side. And in the lead-up to the game, there was no noise. 
Um, now, I know that this has now been addressed and there is somebody coming in to help juice that up a little bit, but it's a Scottish Cup quarterfinal, Campbell, and I, I, we were obviously having a debate about the kickoff time as well because the Motherwell website had something different from the Scottish Women's Football website. It's not great when you're you're potentially going to be getting to the, the National Cup semi-final to not give your side that kind of that bump in terms of potentially getting some more crowd support, especially when your team have played already and, and they're coming off the back of a positive result like the men's side did against Hearts on, on the Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we was talking to yourself on Sunday morning, uh, as well as Ben, another one of our SWF friends who was covering that game there. And again, as obviously you had said, the game has been played at Ravenscraig and then it turned out to be DL Park. But I mean, I can understand the positives of Motherwell moving everything under, everything under the one um, the one social media handle and that they're just trying to sort of keep everything together as it's all Motherwell Football Club. But as you're saying, I mean, it's, if people want to go and watch it's a cup quarter final, and no one knows where they're going until about a couple of hours before the game. It isn't really any use. Obviously, the other games have been well advertised all throughout the week. So it was disappointing that no one really knew where Motherwell were playing. Yes, in the end, obviously, it's not biggest of opposition, with all due respect to Queen's Park. But at the same time, you really should be advertising these games so teams can actually go, people can actually go and watch the team. Sorry. So it was slightly disappointing that folk didn't see Motherwell's performance and the five-star, a 5-0 win sorry, that they had. But I think it has to be fixed. And... Whether keeping it all under the one um, Twitter handle again should be changed, obviously, remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I was having a real look at it kind of just after the World Cup, and the, the kind of 16 SWPL sides have about a reach of, of a quarter of a million across our three social media platforms, so Twitter, Facebook, and um, Instagram. I forgot which one it was there. Uh, and Mother made a big chunk of that because it had this shared audience, but actually, when you went and kind of trawling through their social media, they basically what they did is they bumped out a tweet maybe an hour before kickoff on the Sunday and then they bumped out a, a well done or commiserations an hour after kickoff and that be it silent for the rest of the time. And one of the things I remember, Campbell, from the, the Scottish Cup final last year, um, we're going to talk about the Scottish Cup, so it's, it's, it's been relevant. Motherwell obviously got to the final. Wasn't a great result for them. Um, but I remember Motherwell fans being there, in particular when Motherwell fans sitting in front of me and he was apoplectic at the result come the end of the game. But it goes to show that if you put the right um, emphasis on it, you can get people to turn up the games and Campbell, you, we also had 350-plus at K Park, and we've talked about big crowds at Hamilton and Hearts um, and the Edinburgh Derby recently as well. So the appetite's there. It's about tapping into that appetite. But on the pitch, as you say, Campbell, five goals. Um, Chelsea McEffin, I think pretty much we're both a fan of Chelsea McEffin in, in the podcast, um, got herself a hat-trick, and there was also goals um, from uh, Maya Arbuckle and Laura Doran Barr. 5-0 win against Queen's Park. Kind of what was expected to be honest with you, Campbell. Um, but Queen's Park, they, I suppose the thing with Queen's Park is slightly different from Aberdeen. So that Queen's Park and Aberdeen are the same level, but Queen's Park are, are south and Aberdeen are north geography. Eh? Um, but I suppose Queen's Park didn't have to get that big challenge out of the way. And this was the first hurdle that they kind of came to. But end of the day, quarterfinal run to the Scottish Cup, something they'll be pretty happy with. Yeah, they'll be delighted with it. Obviously, it's came to a sort of a disappointing end for them. But I just saying, no one was really expecting much of a shot. Motherwell haven't exactly set the world alight in getting through from going by um, highlights and tweet to Ronald Geno as well, and obviously being at the game in the last round. But they're getting the job done, and obviously they're sort of going under the radar themselves. Queen's Park, they'll be delighted when getting there. Um, Dunfermline in the last round, they were almost lucky to get past, and what was a great game there as well. But yeah, they'll be delighted they're there. Motherwell, of course, delighted again, and they'll be able to get to the final for the second year. Yeah, and they're in a row. It'll be tough, obviously. We'll get to the draw. We'll see who they're playing soon. But um, yeah, it was pretty much what you expected, I think, on Sunday. 
and it's now just a case of them can they focus on that because their league season is pretty much coming to an end and Queen's Park are obviously as we in that south division where a lot of the teams are made up of your development sides so there is a chance for them of course to try and get up in SWPL2 SW, SWPL2 as well sorry so we just need to wait and see for them but in the end I think both sides will be pretty happy with their cup runs and we'll just need to see how Mother will go on in the next round yeah, I mean, it's certainly an opportunity for Queen's Park to build some momentum. As you say, um, the SWFL1 South, we're getting lost in a wave of SWs and Fs and Ps and Ls again, Campbell. But in the SWFL1 South, uh, there is, at the top of the table is basically developmental sides for Rangers, Hibs, Glasgow, City and Celtic. Um, but then there is this battle between Renfrew, Birmingham, Thistle and Queen's Park to, to go up into SWPL2. Um, we, we got a question, I, I did put a tweet earlier on today, and we got a question from... At Rab SAFC on Twitter, and he was asking about Queens Park and uh, whether or not, with the change that they are potentially looking to do as a side and moving professionally, with the investment coming from from Selwyn Hamden, and whether he think whether we think that uh, Queens Park will maybe put a renewed emphasis on on the women's side. Um, I, I don't really know to be honest with you, Campbell. I think there's an opportunity there for clubs like Queens Park. And Spartans have showed it in the past that well, they're obviously a, a, an SWPL one side at the moment. Their, their men's side is in the lone league just now. Uh, Queen's Park have a decent set. They play down at Lesser Hamden at the moment, and obviously that will get renovated as part of the, the changeover from playing in Big Hamden to, to Lesser Hamden. Um, but at clubs at that level, Campbell, it's, it's kind of an interesting mix. You've got some that are ambitious and some that are maybe more recreational. I think it probably depends where Queen's Park want to see themselves in the next couple of years in terms of the women's side. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, there's been all the furor around the men's side moving from Hamden out to Lesser Hamden. So, I mean, I think as a club, the focus at the minute is likely to be on the men's side for Queen's Park. But the fact that the women's side have made it to the quarterfinals should sort of um, alarm the, uh, alert the club sorry, to the women's side of it as well. And maybe try and push that on a wee bit more. Obviously, it's tough when you're in Glasgow competing. Like obviously, Glasgow City, Celtic, Rangers, Park, that's even Glasgow girls teams like that as well that are ahead. So it's, it's never going to be easy for them to sort of push on and get up to that level whether they can do in the future, who knows. But it's it's a tough one because, as we say, they have to sort of focus on both the men and the women's side. And it's it's different when you've got the bigger sides like Celtic, who obviously the men's side has plenty of focus and they can focus now solely on the women's side to try and push that on. Celtic Rangers are obviously taking it under the academy and things like that. Glasgow City are obviously their own, sort of, their own team, which makes it easier for them. But for Queen's Park, I mean, yes, there'll be a sort of a, a chance to sort of look at taking the team further on but I think at the minute as you're saying it just depends on what they want to do and I think as it stands they'll be happy to stay where they are um, in terms of the club size not the league obviously if they can get up great for them but it will be interesting to see if there is any movement at the minute I don't think there will be but in the future they can put a couple of runs on this again in future years then who's to say that they won't Yeah and I, I think I think everything you say is pretty valid and I think you are right I think I don't think Anything massive will change for Queen's Park on the back of this run. Uh, there is bigger things on their agenda just now. But what I think will be interesting is with the the way that clubs hopefully start tightening a little bit more, um, we could get some more competitive games in the back of the cup as well. But it's a really good run for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, the other thing I have noticed about Queen's Park is they have been trying to um, really ramp up their, their social media game a little bit, which is impressive and hopefully something that comes off for them. But... Um, they are out of the Scottish Cup, but a very good run for them. And we have now got four semi-finalists. Pretty familiar looking uh, bunch. We've got Celtic. Uh, sorry, we haven't got Celtic at all. We've got Glasgow City and Hibernian, um, uh, Rangers and Motherwell. 
Um, three of the four semi-finalists from last year and uh, Rangers who got to the semi-finals of the SWPL Cup earlier in the season uh, down at Broadwood. Um, the draw was made this afternoon uh, at Force Bank Stadium where the games are going to be held on a, a Scottish Cup semi-final Super Sunday. And if SWF haven't been starting to use that as uh, part of their promotional material, they can have it and I'll help them do it. Um, but the draw was made and the draw was Rangers against Glasgow City and Hibs against Motherwell. The uh, game is going to be played on the 13th of October. As I said, at fourth back stadium, uh, home of Sterling Albion. Campbell, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you for your predictions based on those uh, those two semi-finals, but then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's obviously the two standout ones there. Glasgow City have had the better Rangers all season. Um, obviously, playing tomorrow night in the league as well, but it's 71 aggregate for them, so you can't see past them beating Rangers in the semi-final um, like they did in the SWPL Cup as you were saying, back in Clyde, at Clyde in the last round, uh, in the last, back at Clyde, sorry. Um, as for Hibs and Motherwell, again, to rerun in the last season's final, Hibs were very comfortable with that. I know both sides are fairly changed since then, but again, you have to fancy Hibs, and you would fancy that it's going to be the two top two sides in the country in terms of the last few seasons, perhaps not at the minute, but I can't see past it being Glasgow City against Hibs in the final um, at Tynecastle. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard not to dismiss, dismiss Rangers and Motherwell. Um, Rangers' record against Glasgow City so far this season has played three, conceded 17 and scored one. Um, they both, uh, both uh, Rangers and Glasgow City and Hibs and Motherwell actually play each other again before the cup final. Um, Rangers play Glasgow City on this Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 18th of September. That's a game actually I'll be going to. And then Hibs play Motherwell on the 29th of September, like Ravens Craig. So they do face each other again, but... As I said, that, that big deficit for Rangers, I think they've got better underneath Gregory Vina. I'm interested to see how they've come on since I saw them at the start of the season. Um, but it's a big, big task for them. Glasgow City are so dominant. And as you say, Hibs, pretty similar record. 7-1-4-0 so far this season against Motherwell. Um, and they did hand in that really heavy 8-0 Scottish Cup final defeat uh, last season. Uh, if, if there's any chance for Rangers or Motherwell to make it into the final, I, and I know this has been very dismissive and it's a, an apology to any Rangers and Motherwell fans, but it's a dismissal with realistic expectation behind it. Um, is there anything that you could see that either of these two sides could do that can maybe trouble Glasgow City and Hibs and, and put them on the back foot? I mean, we've seen Hibs have maybe dropped off a couple of times this season, Glasgow City not so much, but is there any kind of glimmers of hope for either side? Both sides do have players that can cause bother going forward, but when you're playing Glasgow City and Hibs, the chances are you're going to see the goal. And the, don't think Rangers or Motherwell defensively have really shown that they can keep many clean sheets or keep down the, the goals against. So I mean, that's going to obviously make it very hard against both City and Hibs. But so going forward, both teams do have players there that can cause problems. So they need to try and get them on the ball, but it, it, is, it is a real tough ask, as you say, and there's there isn't really much hope that you give them but actually on the day anything can happen but I mean they really they really have to be strong at the back and I don't think either side is strong enough to do that to keep out City and Hibs Yeah I, I think that is the key point for, for what you've said there Campbell is defensively I, I think what has happened a couple of times this season I think Spartans are a good example of this is they've been able to kind of sit in it and, and kind of hold Glasgow City and Hibs at bay I don't feel like Rangers are or Motherwell are in a position to do that at the moment. Um, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, Rangers made a couple of signings to kind of remedy that, and Emma Brownlee, Lisa Martinez, and Diana Bernia. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they have kind of melded into the side. But, yeah, big. it's a tall order for, for Rangers and Motherwell, and I think 
the expectation is that we're going to have a, another Hibs Glasgow City final, but I'm more than happy to be shocked. Put it that way. Uh, either way, it'll be a big day, and I'm sure there'll be lots of coverage uh, beforehand, and obviously there'll be lots coming from leading the line as well. But Campbell, let's move away from the cup action because there was a couple of league games this weekend in SWPL2. Uh, we'll start with the, probably the big one of the weekend, Partick Thistle against Hearts. Uh, Hearts obviously playing well, Hamilton are in the cup, so had an opportunity to go top of the league, and they did that with a pretty comprehensive 4-1 win, Campbell. Yeah, I mean, Hearts were obviously the team you were expecting to go in and win that game and took the lead, as we say, in the first half, Mary Edwards scored, but the Partick Thistle got back to 1-1. I think the scoreline sort of looks a wee bit harsh on Thistle. I mean, they lost two goals. Uh, Claire Delworth and Robin Smith in the 83rd and 86th minute with I mean when you're 2-1 down with 8 minutes to go Thistle were obviously attacking trying to get back into the game and then losing the goals late on as we saw in the highlights it was getting caught away on the break so, I mean it's slightly misleading scoreline there but obviously Hearts winning as you'd expect and now it puts the pressure on Hamilton um, when they then travel up to beat us out to face Partick Thistle on Sunday so it's, it gives Thistle again the chance to cause bother at, uh, against the teams at the top but Hamilton now doing the chase and they're hoping to get back, obviously, to winning ways after the cup defeat. But it's it's a win for Hearts, but again, I'm not sure they were overly convincing. Yeah, I mean, I think probably the big thing for Hearts, um, Madeline uh, Brill Edwards got them uh, got them ahead. By the way, one of the best Twitter names going, one in a brilliant, I think is the, the, is the name of the, tweet, the Twitter handle for Madeline. Excellent. Fan of that work, rounds of applause. Um, so she put uh, Hearts ahead and then uh, part of this equal through Cheryl Hogg. And as you say, there was a couple of late goals from Claire Delworth and Robin Smith, but uh, Dan McGinley on the score sheet again to get Hearts back in front. Uh, and when I speak to Gary, Gary Doctor post-match afterwards, and I think it's probably a sentiment shared by Andy Enwood, they both have said that it's a really tight division, but we have both said, myself and you, Campbell, is that if they play to their ability, Hearts and Ham are the best two sides in the, in the league now, maybe by a wee bit. I think we're. I think the, the more we see both of them, I think the more I feel that, and it could come down to goal difference. And what that Hearts result for uh, Hearts result did was it narrowed that goal difference back to one goal. And I think probably the thing that was uh, interesting uh, when I was to get about it was Hearts have got so many options and they've obviously boosted their squad a lot. That there's a big drive to get Hearts promoted into SWPL one. I think that's that's pretty obvious to see, um, and it's whether or not the the goal for goal ratio can match. And what's interesting is both sides have still to play Hutchie Vale. And all of a sudden, beating Hutchie Vale becomes this really big, important thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been teams below the league, in the league. And we're obviously talking about chasing back up and playing Hutchie Vale. But it, as you say, it, it applies as well to both Hearts and Hamilton. Obviously, both teams are winning the majority of their games, with the exception of the game against each other. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see, obviously... Hutchie took 10 at the weekends, we'll get to uh, next, but both Haas and Hamilton, they're going to have to get goals, you would imagine, with the goal difference being so tight as it is, but yeah, I think as you're saying as well, both sides obviously have shown probably overall that they are the best two sides in the division, so it's, it will be, it's going to be a very intriguing end to the season, but this will be um, hoping that they can cause bother again on Sunday, and that will maybe drive some trouble for Hamilton, and it will give Hearts hope, given how they've struggled up at Peter's Hill in the last two trips. Well, yeah, and that's that's fair point. Let's talk about Dundee United Hutchie Vale game because it is it is relevant to this coming weekend as well. Uh, Dundee United ten Hutchie Vale one, um, another pretty comprehensive comprehensive um, result for 
for Dundee United and another comprehensive defeat for Hutchie Vale. Um, speaking to Stuart Mitchell Sports, um, who was at the game on Sunday, and he said he felt a little bit sorry for Hutchie Vale. It wasn't that they weren't trying, it's just that they weren't at the level. Um, standout is obviously a hat-trick from Reeve Guthrie, somebody we've talked about on the pod before, and a double from uh, Tamerly Harkin as well, as long as lots of other people scoring, including a Katrina Kane hat-trick. So goals everywhere for Dundee United. I don't think Dundee United can take much from that as a result, Cam. Obviously, it's good to get that kind of win underneath your belt. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll move on to the fixtures, actually. I'll tell you what, Campbell, because there's not much to say about that game other than Hutchifield got beat and they could get beat again at the weekend. But before we get to Sunday, Campbell, we've got a live game in BBC Alba on Friday night, but it's probably not a game you would have picked. Is that probably fair to say? In terms of looking at the league now, yes. But obviously, I mean, they're trying to sort of get all the teams some t- t- televised games and BBC Alba was picked this one a couple of months ago. Yeah, for four for Motherwell, they played each other way back at the start of the season. Four for one, three two, and you obviously had that last minute Kerry Montgomery goes goal for Motherwell that disallowed. So we can see from that aspect why they put it on the TV. But yeah, I just say when you look at some of the games on, obviously Hibs Celtic at the weekend as well was a huge game, and that could possibly have been ahead of it. But I think with the fact the game's been decided for TV a couple of months ago, is sort of what makes it look a bit silly now. But hopefully four for Motherwell can go and put on a good game. It's just unfortunate for them that their uh, match on TV also clashes with another game uh, on BBC Scotland from the Scottish Cup first round. So that's slight disappointing there. But yeah, hopefully you get a good crowd as well at Station Park. I know they set a record there last season against Hibs uh, on a Friday night. And just hopefully again, we've got a good crowd and a good game uh, at Station Park. Yeah, I mean, for performance for against Motherwell does not scream how to advertise uh, women's football in Scotland. But to, to be fair, for performance in early relegation battle and a result on Friday night will help them a lot in that that regard. As you mentioned, they got a record crowd when they hosted Hibs um, up at Station Park when they, the last time they had the TV cameras there. And it's, it's another opportunity, and it's maybe an opportunity actually to shed some light on a couple of the teams that maybe don't get as much coverage uh, in, in Scottish women's football. So I, I think it's, it's probably my instinct is to go, I don't know if I would have picked that game, but there's always a good way of looking at it. I think there's certainly an opportunity here, especially given the challenges. You mentioned the fact that there was a Scottish Cup game on on Friday night, and I think we've talked about this a few times. And I think the more I think about it, the more the more I have the opinion is there's no way of avoiding women's football and men's football clashing, especially when it comes to television cam- coverage. The TV is saturated with live football coverage now, and I think we're never now going to be in a position where you can pit one against the other without them being on at the same time. So I think it would just be interesting to see how that's approached. And what I hope to see, and I saw for Farmington do it uh, earlier on today, is some proper promotion of the game. Motherwell, as we've talked about, not so much. Um, but I, I, I'm very much all for it. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I'll probably dual screen because I've obviously got some junior football interest as well, and that'll be a really big game in Scotland. But from a women's football perspective, I'll definitely be having uh, for Farmington and Motherwell on the big screen. Um, on to Sunday, though, and... Well, the big game on Sunday, probably the big game of the weekend in SWP1 is Hibs against Celtic. Uh, and we don't know about second place yet, Campbell, the, the Champions League, which we'll talk a little bit more about uh, at the end of the, the end of the podcast. We don't we don't know exactly what's happening in second place, but what we do know is that if there is going to be a second Champions League spot, then either Hibs or Celtic need to be in it. And I think given the, the way that Celtic maybe surrendered a bit against Glasgow City the weekend. They'll be really up for this. And I'm expecting a really good game at Ainsley Park. That's, that's where I'll be heading this weekend. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a standout game. Obviously, yeah, back at the season, Celtic were playing pretty well against Hibs and got a player sent off. Uh, they're losing that game. But they did beat them 3-0 um, through at K-Part in the last meeting. Hibs had a few players missing, obviously, that day. But 
it's going to be one of these games where both teams know that a win could be really crucial, obviously, in getting second place. And if, as we say, the Champions League, there is a second position for them, then it's going to probably come down to these two and how they perform, especially against each other. Um, Celtic, obviously, three points ahead at the minute. have played a game more. So if they can win um, on Sunday, then it will make it really interesting. Whereas obviously, if you think Hibs at home would win, as you would expect, possibly, if that's the case, and then they can push on from there, it could well be that Hibs finish second again. But it's, it's going to be a, a right intriguing game. I'm sure one that everyone in attendance at Ainsley Park will enjoy. Yeah, I think there'll be a decent crowd at it again. I mean, there was a, there was a decent crowd for the Hibernian Hamilton game. Hamilton have a have a, a good core that, that go to a lot of the games, and uh, Hibs have got a couple of supporters clubs, which is a bit of a novelty in women's football at the moment as well. So I think there might be a decent crowd, and I would say that both Celtic and Hibs in a women's football context are, are good at promoting their games well in advance and trying to encourage people to get to the games. Um, Hibs, for example. Are running competitions for the rest of the season now, where you can win two tickets to one of their games. And I saw a tweet from Celtic earlier on, earlier on today, actually saying that if you look, if you can't get to Celtic Park, then by all means you should uh, head head to Ainsley Park to see them uh, the ladies play Hibs. So it'll be, it'll be a really big game. Um, Stirling University against Rangers. Uh, that's an interesting one, Campbell. Uh, we are now, and you know better than me because unfortunately my university days are long behind me, but you are still in the full throngs of yours. But um, the term time is now back, and that means a bit of a boost in the squad for Stirling University. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've had the chat before about Stirling and Forth. I've sort of been the two sides at the bottom of the league. And Stirling, obviously, still to win a game. They were the side that we looked at as going down. But as you see, they've got, obviously, players coming back for term time at university. So it'll be interesting to see how they can... Uh, match up with Rangers they were unlucky against Motherwell in the last game losing out the uh, goal there so as much as Rangers you would expect to win it they haven't exactly been the greatest either recently certainly I'll certainly look at it as a chance of winning the game but it's going to be a tough one I would imagine Rangers would be the team that come out on top at Oakview Yeah I mean in terms of the league Rangers don't have a lot to play for it's very much been a case of who finishes fourth uh, between them Spartans and Motherwell but they now obviously have the Scottish Cup semi-final to look forward to so I'm sure they'll be competition for places. Uh, the other game, Glasgow City against Spartans. Um, I mean, Campbell, Glasgow City have had so many games, they've gone all over the place at the moment, uh, but there'll be not, it'll be a Glasgow City win. Is there any is there any avenue that can see Spartans, or is it the same as the conversation we had earlier about the Cup, but just Glasgow City are just at that level above most, almost all of the teams at the moment? I mean, obviously, you've mentioned Spartans have played fairly well against the likes of Hibs and Rangers at times where they've sort of held them out for a while. But as you say, City are, City are at that level above everyone. Even as we talked about the Celtic game, that was probably their best chance on Sunday. And City were comfortable with that. I can't see past them beating Spartans again. Hopefully, Spartans can prove us wrong. They were the last team, obviously, to beat City in the league a couple of years ago. But as you say, then it should be a home one at Peter Hill on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think if Spartans pull out a 3 0 victory on Sunday, um, as he did back in 2017, I think there'll be jaws dropping all over uh, Scottish women's football at, at grounds across uh, across Scotland on Sunday. Um, so yeah, fourth performing against Motherwell was at 19:35, 7:35 in normal people talk at Station Park, and then on Sunday, Stirling University against Rangers, 12 o'clock at Oakville View, Hib Celtic, one o'clock at Ainsley Park, and Glasgow City Spartans is at 10 past two at Peter's Hill Park. Uh, into SWPL two. And probably the big game of the weekend is Partick Thistle against Hamilton Ackies, a 12 o'clock kick-off at Peter's Hill Park, Campbell. Um, we've talked about it already, but it's really important now that Hamilton get a, get a victory after Hart's result against Thistle last week. Yeah, it's a big game for Hamilton. Um, as you mentioned, Hart's at home at Hutchie Vale. 
say it's going to be a three point uh, three points for them there. So for Hamilton going to Thistle, who are been over, they're obviously a very experienced team in the middle of the park. They are pretty strong as well, so it'd be tough for Aki's to sort of break them through. But you would have, you have to fancy Hamilton will go there and win the game. But as we say, Thistle will make it tough. Should be a good game to watch. Um, I'm not sure, but I think I think I will be heading there. Seeming like plans have changed. I'm supposed to head to Kilmarnock versus the United, but I should be at Thistle against Hamilton. I'm hoping to see a good game there. And it'll be interesting to see how Hamilton do react to their cup defeat on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to try and maybe, as you've mentioned, Hart touches in there. If I have time and there's still enough of the game left after the, the Hibs game, I might head over to Orion just to see the, the end of that, just to see exactly what kind of damage Hearts do. Uh, but no discredit to Hutchinson, it's just the truth of the situation just now. Uh, the other two games, you mentioned Ruby Park, it's uh, FC Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Dundee United, I think, have been pretty entertaining recently by all accounts. Um, and FC Kilmarnock maybe haven't had as many games as they've won. And St Johnson against Glasgow Girls in McDermott Park. Can St Johnson break the duck? Um, will be interesting to see, but yeah. Uh, Hearts against Hutchinson, half past three at Orion. St Johnson, Glasgow Girls, four o'clock at McDermott Park. FC Kilmarnock against Sunday United, three o'clock at Rugby Park. And Thistlehampton, as already said, 12 o'clock at Peter Hill Park. Um, so that's all ASWPL fixtures this weekend. Um, there is also a game on Wednesday night, which I think I've already mentioned. Rangers are playing Glasgow City, so this is going to drop Wednesday morning. So Wednesday night, half past seven at the Humble Training Centre. If you want to get along to a game at a midweek, or have a bit of midweek football, and then by all means head down to the Humble as well. See how the two teams are going to face each other in the Scottish Cup, fair against each other um, a month in advance. But we're going to move on to maybe the last thing uh, this week, Campbell, and that's the Champions League. Um, the Women's Champions League, obviously, because it's it. we're talking about women's football. And a report that surfaced that suggested that they're maybe looking to change the structure to make it similar to how the men's is at the moment. So for those of you that aren't aware, uh, the way it works just now is that there is a, a kind of pre, pre-qualifying pre uh, knockout stage, which Hibernian were in and obviously got through uh, to get into the knockout stages. And then from there, it's a straight knockout from the last 32. Now, it looks like it's, the, the move is going to be uh, to have a round of 16 group stage. So four groups of four. What's your thoughts on that, Campbell? Do you think this is a good move? Can you see can you see any concerns from a Scotland perspective? I mean, obviously, it's good to see the sort of women's game try to move with the times. But um, listening to Grant Scott and yourself, obviously, on Sunday, as he says, it, it can be very costly for the Scottish sides in particular and some of the other smaller nations. When you're trying to play three, or when you're playing, sorry, three different teams, that's three trips abroad. It can be very costly. Obviously, for Glasgow City going to Russia in midweek, that wouldn't have been cheap. Hibs going to Prague as well um, in a fortnight, uh, next week, sorry. But I mean, it would be good to make it a different sort of format because at the minute, as you've seen, it's, it's seeded, obviously, all the big sides have pretty much won their first leg in midweek um, last week, sorry. So it's a tough one, obviously, as you saying, you want to move it. And I think in time, it may well change. But, but for that to happen, there has, certainly has to be more money, which... Again, looking at the men's side, there is in the high, uh, in the top countries or at the higher level. But for Scottish clubs, it, it's probably going to cost too much. And I don't see it being something that they'd be best pleased with if it was to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I did ask Grant about this on Sunday just because it was relevant. Obviously, Hibs are, are to go to Prague to play their second leg of the Champions League uh, in a week's time as Glasgow City hosts Chertanovo as well. Um, and the two things he said to me is from a purely football perspective, He's very much for it because new challenges and a new perspective, but sustainability. Uh, obviously, this review that nothing really seems to be happening with with this funding for, for the SFA and this, this windfall from the World Cup. And I think sustainability is a, a big watchword across a squad women's football, which is something that Grant said, and I was kind of nodding in agreement as he was talking to me. Um, so 
uh, there's pros and cons to it. My, my concern with it is when you look at how the, the, the men's Champions League is involved and how women's football is progressing so fast just now at, across Europe. Uh, my concern is Scotland's going to get left behind and it's a concern I've had pretty much since the World Cup and I really hope that things are going to progress quickly in Scotland because as we've talked about, there's an appetite here to grow the game. People are going to the games. I think the idea that you're all of a sudden going to get 5,000 crowds is nonsense and that was shown in the WSL. It's our, our, our nearest rivals in terms of competition. Uh, they had three attendances below 1,000. So it's, it's not something alien to, to anybody in women's football. You can grow the game at a sustainable rate. But I like the idea. I just have concerns about, as you say, the cost efficiencies. How do you stop Leon playing six games and coming out of the group with an aggregate score of plus 92, for example? I know that's probably excessive, but it's, it's certainly possible they'll, they'll do that, do a, a heavy score. So, yeah, I'm for it. As long as Scotland are still involved, there's none of this pathways or all of a sudden you have five teams from one league and one from the lower, uh, low leagues and stuff like that. But, yeah, very interesting that. But I think, I think it's something to keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, Champions League finals in Vienna this year. I'm maybe going to try and go. Uh, and maybe some by some miracle a Scottish team gets there, though that'll be that'll be quite quite the adventure. But I think that's it for now. Just a couple of things. First of all, there is now a new Twitter handle for Leading the Line called at Leading the Line. I couldn't quite believe that that was available and not being used. So please go and follow uh, follow on Twitter. That is where you'll get all the podcast information and the articles that are going up on the website. So we've had uh, obviously the takeaways from the weekend. We do some big match previews. There's a few other things coming uh, down the line very shortly, and I'll make sure to keep a wee eye on the website for that. And you can subscribe, obviously, uh, to the website. There's a, there's a mail link there. Um, and also listen to the podcast, share it. If you're into Scottish women's football, this is the place to be. Um, please tell anybody. And by all means, if you've got any questions, comments, feedback, get in touch. You can get a hold of me at, at uh, MFP Tasty, or, of course, podcast link, most importantly, at Leading the Line. And you can get a hold of Campbell at... Yeah, Campbell6 underscore 2. Exactly, and we'll have both our, our names in the link anyway. But for now, Campbell, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks again, Chris. And everybody, thank you very much for listening. I'm now going to let you play with the new uh, Leading the Line podcast theme tune uh, by The Blood and Gold, and it's called I'm In Writing, and I'm going to just play the whole song at the end. But thanks very much. Catch you again soon. <laughs>